everybody. Welcome back into Talk Off. It is June 20th. It's Tuesday, June 20th, and we're back for another great episode. We're sorry we missed you on Friday, but here we are. And Daz, how was your weekend? It was a great weekend for baseball. There was a, a seven sweeps this weekend. It was a great weekend for baseball, especially Red Sox fans. How was it for you? Yeah, it was a good weekend. There was uh, there was a lot of baseball going on, a lot of good matchups. Like you said, it's a good weekend for the Sox. After being rained out on Saturday, they come back and win two on Sunday. The latter game being the Sunday night baseball slate, which uh, that must feel pretty good uh, as as, uh, as a Sox fan. You're now sitting two games over 500, so... Uh, and especially beating the the Yankees, even with or without Judge, this is this feels this feels really good. It it it, it does feel really good. And the key words that you said there, winning without Judge, obviously. There's so much talk everywhere, like oh fucking rivalry dead. Who cares? These teams suck. No Judge. Like I understand. Yes, we beat a, a very shitty team because without Aaron Judge, the Yankees are a very shitty team. A sweep's a sweep, and a sweep of the Yankees always feels good. The stadium was popping this weekend. You could hear the roars. It was great. It, it felt like like good old-fashioned rivalry, and I hope it keeps going. I hope the Red Sox stay hot, but the odds of that are quite low. This is a mid-team, 500 team. It's, it's going to happen, but winning five or six already from the Yankees feels very good. I hate the Yankees. Fuck you, Jake. Your team is ass. <laughs> yeah, that's right. When are you just going to switch to a Rockies fan? Because then I don't have to make fun of you. <clears throat> um, probably never. I ride, I, I ride with my teams. Well, you could say your favorite National League team is the Rockies. Yeah, well, that's probably true. Even though I don't even know who my favorite National League team is anymore. It was the Diamondbacks, but the Reds are doing quite a good job of trying to take it. They're so swag. Yeah, I mean, the D-backs are good, though. The D-backs are very good, but the the, the Reds just, they have the young kid spirit right now, and I fucking love. The D-backs kind of have the same kind of, you know, kind of swag, but the Reds are just like the hottest team right now in baseball, and it's so cool. I just can't believe if you told me on June 20th that the Diamondbacks would have a four-game lead over the Dodgers. We both would we you. both would have told you you're crazy if somebody said that to us because th- this was not – like, again, this offseason we did predict that the Diamondbacks were going to be much better this year and that they were going to compete. But mm-hmm. I did not think they would have a four-game lead in the NL West – at this time, if you said they had a four-game lead, I'd probably be like, oh, it's like a, a two weeks into the season. No, it's June 20th. The All-Star break is looming. The trade deadline is looming. We're getting to midseason, and these teams who just started out hot, I don't think you can say that they just started out hot anymore. They're just good teams. The Diamondbacks are just a good team. Yeah, the Diamondbacks are just a really good team, and – it's it's it begs the question: What are they going to do at the deadline now? It does, and and you know, I feel like you go on Twitter, you go, you read anything on the Athletic, you read anything on MLB, 
you listen to any podcast about baseball, everyone right now is talking about the trade deadline like it's tomorrow. And it's not tomorrow, but it's it's coming around. And everything is who's going to buy, who's going to sell, who's going to be available, what's going to happen. And the Diamondbacks are going to be in the heat of it because this is not somewhere that they've been in the past couple of years. They have not been buyers. They have honestly stayed out of the market for the most part. So this is the first season in a while that we're seeing the Diamondbacks hopefully gear up and go out there and make a move. They still have weaknesses in the outfield besides Corbin Carroll. They they run out guys there that you've never heard of. I would love to see a power bat in that outfield, like may, maybe like a Jock Peterson, someone of that standard, you know, a, a guy who's going to go out there and hit some home runs for the Diamondbacks because this is not a huge home run hitting team and can still hold down the outfield. I think they're looking for that. I'm sure they'll be looking for relievers, as any team fighting for the playoffs does. And I think they're just really looking for more power in that lineup, and I think that's what the Diamondbacks could really... I think that's what they would could use in order to keep themselves above the Dodgers, because don't get me wrong, the Dodgers are going to make a move at the deadline as well. They're going to get better at the deadline. It's definitely going to happen. When you have a system that good and a team that good and a team that always makes the playoffs and will do anything to get back there, they will make a move as well. So Arizona definitely has to match whatever LA does. And I think the move is is a power outfield bet. Yeah, I think I'm a, I'm, I, I feel a little differently about what the what the premium is going to be at the deadline. I really, really think pitching is going to be at a premium this deadline. Um, I think you're going to start to see guys like Giolito go off. Flaherty could could be a guy who could be moved. Montgomery possibly. Zach, you could even make the argument the Sox can, might even move Paxton. Like I'm just thinking Absolutely. of guys who who are very tradable candidates right now. No, I agree with you. I think this is definitely uh, this market for the trade deadline coming up is definitely going to be pitcher friendly. Uh, teams out there that need a starter, that need guys to eat up innings, I think we're going to see a lot of those guys go. You know, you, you just named a few. And to speak on the Red Sox, I think I think they'd be foolish not to trade Paxton. You know, it, you have to sit down sometimes as a general manager and make the really tough decisions and sit there and say, all right, where are we? Where is everyone else? And where do I think we'll be in three months? This team, yes, is going to get better because they're going to get Trevor Story back. But Chris Sale most likely is done for the season. This team was not supposed to win anything. They were supposed to be a 500 team, which they are. Sell Paxton while his value is the highest. He came off the injury list. He's got a 3-0 ERA. He's got a 12.7, I think, strikeouts per nine. I know it's above 12, which is insane. He's, the velocities that he's out there throwing – his fastball is up to where it was when he was a rookie. So he's looked better than ever. If I'm the Red Sox, I'm absolutely dumping him to a team like, honestly, the Diamondbacks, a team that could probably use a veteran in that rotation to, you know, they have Merrill Kelly, Merrill Kelly and, excuse me, Zach Gallen, but those are young guys, haven't been to the playoffs before. I think James Paxton could be a guy that to come in there and really help that rotation if that's, if that's the way the Diamondbacks are looking. I think even another route they could go, and not a lot of people have been talking about this. I think, I think it's time people start talking about Nola getting moved from Philadelphia. Yep, because he I sucks. It, Nola sucks. I agree. Nola, Nola is not a good pitcher whatsoever right now. 
pitching to like a four four ERA. It's a contract year for him. I, contract negotiations have apparently just fell apart between the Phillies and Nola. So uh, if you're Philadelphia, you, you have to wonder, do you have a shot at retaining this guy past this season? If not, do you just cut your loose ends and deal away a guy who has been top three in the Cy Young voting for the past five or six seasons? Uh, and you're probably not going to get a great deal for him because he's kind of performing like an asshole right now. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and because it's a contract year, it makes it so much easier for them to to deal him for someone who's looking for a rental. There could be a team out there that thinks that they can rent him and then re-sign him next year, which someone might try to do. That's a high value pitcher right there that very well could be on the market. And the Phillies have to sit down and make that tough decision. Like I just said, they have to make that decision. Are we going to make a push? Like, do they feel like they can make a push with the team they have now? If not, if the contract extension, if, if the talks have you know stalled and it doesn't look like they're going to get a deal done with Nola, these teams know that. You can, there's vibes there, like you know that. Dump him while you can still get stuff for him, and that or he'll just leave as a free agent. The worst thing that can happen to teams is that they don't make a move, then they don't win anything. And then the guy leaves in free agency. It's the absolute worst thing that could possibly happen. And you don't want to see that happen to Philly. They've been playing a little bit better baseball thanks to Kyle Schwarber, but they're still eight and a half back from the Braves. The Marlins, I think they're four games back from the Marlins. So it, it the Phillies in another is in a weird spot as well, where they're hovering around three five, excuse me, five hundred, and they don't really know if they're gonna buy, if they're gonna sell how this is going to work out. I think with Dave Dombrowski as their general manager, they'll most likely buy for some reason, but we'll see what happens with Nola. Yeah. I mean, Philly has been disappointing this year and I can't talk a lot about disappointing because we've been disappointing, but they're, they're on a six game heater right now and they're four games above 500. So it's not entirely impossible for the Phillies to be buyers or yeah, to be buyers, but I wouldn't be shocked to see them be sellers either. Yeah, I think I think they're one of those fringe teams. And there's there's a couple teams out there right now that kind of are fringe teams that nobody really knows if they're gonna buy or sell because like they're either overperforming or they're underperforming right now. Like teams like you said, uh starting with the Phillies. The Phillies, nobody knows what they're gonna do. If you look at the Chicago Cubs, this is a team that's been very hot as of recently, but they really haven't lived up to the standard. Are they going to sell off like a guy like Cody Bellinger, who they have on a one-year deal? That's a guy who I would love to see go to Arizona, get a guy in there who can absolutely hold down the outfield and has shown flashes of having incredible power. The bat-to-ball isn't the best, but he's having a pretty good season and he's heating up at the right time. That's a guy I would love Arizona to go after, but... We don't know. Are the Cubs going to stick with him? Are they going to sell him? Uh, teams like the Padres, the Padres with so many fucking guys on their teams, are they? Gonna, what are they going to do? Like They're seven and a half back right now from Arizona. It doesn't look like they're going to win anything right now. What are they going to do? There's a lot of questions with a lot of teams, and we won't know until the deadline comes around what teams are going to do. And, you know, we'll, we'll really just have to wait and see, especially when you talk about the Phillies. Like, th- th- this is so tough, especially because of the addition of the extra wild card game a couple years ago. Now, with three wild card teams, 
it makes more teams want to push for that third wild card and say we can go get that third one. With two, it was tough. Now with an extra one, another team gets in from both leagues, so there's going to be hopefully a lot more teams pushing and buying come that de- come deadline time. Yeah, and uh, let's talk about a team who definitely will not be buying at the deadline: New York Mets. They will. We have. We are far past the point of return, in my opinion. Five games under 500, 12 and a half out of the division, five and a half out of the wild card. Nothing seems to be clicking. Nothing is seems good. to be happening. Nothing is really good. Um, I think it might be time to start considering trading Justin Verlander at the deadline and just eating a lot of that contract. I don't. I don't think you can. Let's. I, I mean, let's a, let's have a debate about it. But I, I, I think you could easily trade Justin Verlander at the deadline. Hundred percent. You would have to take. You'd have to take on a big portion of the contract. Um, but I think you could absolutely do it. Can I ask? Can you? Can I just ask? Why you think he's just washed? You think he's done? No, I don't think he's washed. I don't think he's done. I think he would be good on a playoff team. I just think. I think right now what's going on with the Mets is I think everyone sees the writing on the wall. They probably know that they're a lot better than this, but it's just like it's probably just such a very toxic locker room right now. I think that just like they're so deep into this mojo right now that it's going to be impossible to dig themselves out of. Like something has to change. Like they need new faces in there. It's 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 not good anymore i I, there's no positive vibes in there and no one can tell me otherwise yeah i i understand what you're saying i understand there's probably no positive vibes for the mets but i i I think uh selling verlander right now trading verlander to me right now just looks like a huge panic move if i'm the mets like it's just like we panicked we didn't know what to do because the team's not what we wanted it to be and we're selling verlander somebody come get him and personally, I don't think you'll get anything for him. I don't think there's a team out there that would trade away their future for a rental Justin Verlander, especially because I just really don't think the Mets would pick up as much as the contract as they would need to for someone to take him. Mm, I just don't know because I think like for teams like – trying to think like Tampa – like teams like Tampa or teams like maybe even a team like Texas. Like they could, I, I don't see why they wouldn't try to go out there, get a piece. If they think that like Verlander fits into the rotation, fits in well, and they really want to make a run at it and they know their window is small. I don't necessarily think that it's out of the realm of possibility. I, I, I'm having a tough time seeing see just seeing anyone who would go out and, and trade for Justin Verlander because the first of all, I don't even know what a haul for Verlander would look like. I don't know. That's why I, I really just don't. I don't think anybody would do it because he's just so old that you're just getting a rental and you're just giving up so much future because I think the Mets would ask for more than he's worth 
I think they would be realistic in it. I think they would be realistic in knowing that he's creeping up on 40. He only has uh, another year left on the um, on the contract. I I think they would be realistic, and I think they'd be realistic, and I think they would seriously consider eating a good portion of that contract just because it means the fact that they can get something in return. Because as of right now, you look at Verlander, you look at Scherzer, both of them above four ERAs. This is not worth the money that you're paying them. You're going to have to pay either way. You might as well get something for it. Yeah, I, I I get your logic there. Like you might as well get something for it, but I I think I just I do not think. First of all, I don't think the Mets would ever do it. I, I really don't think they would ever trade either Scherzer or Verlander. I think they will both retire as Mets, and that's just what it's going to be. But I don't know. I I I just think that sends a bad message to not just the players, but the fans and and everyone in baseball. That sends a terrible message. Like obviously, everyone knows that the Mets fucked up and that they're obviously not performing to what they thought they would be after buying the pitchers and, and having the young guys come up and everything. They're already a disappointment. Selling Verlander is such a, I'll say it. It's just such a panic move that, and it shows everyone that you have no fucking clue what you're doing. Mm. No, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. It's just, it, it, it seems that, the best option right now for us would be to just simply just trade everything away. It's one season, Chris. What about next? Right. But look, look around the roster. What, what, what is, what looks sustainable for five or six seasons? Not the rotation. The catcher is a huge question mark. We don't, we don't know if Francisco Alvarez is not a dependable defensive catcher. Yeah, but we don't we we have not found anyone yet for left field. Marte Marte is his contract will be up in 2 it, years. I think it it'll figure itself out especially in left field. Like I said, I, next year if Ronnie Mauricio is not up by the end of the year, first of all, like that, like I was going to say next year, but if he's not up by the end of the year, then there's there's something seriously wrong. The The fact that Mark Canna and Starling Marte are still in the starting lineup is no good, and you need to get them out as good as fast as possible. Well, the fact that Eduardo Escobar has been getting more playing time that too. too. Just- but that's, that's, that's just – that's not because there's nobody better. That's because of Buck. Like Brett, uh, Brett Beatty, uh, what you your first question was what is sustainable in the next five years? I think the lineup is very sustainable for the next five years with McNeil, Nimmo, Beatty, Alvarez, Vientos, Mauricio, Alonzo, Lindor. That's a I, I fantastic lineup. I, I just don't think you could say it's sustainable when you don't really know what these what a full 500 at bat season out of Brett Beatty, Mark Vientos and Francisco Alvarez looks like Alvarez looks like the better out of, but what are you going to do then? What are you going to do? You're going to sell them off. If you sell, like you're saying, you're just going to gain more prospects that you still don't know what's going to happen with. So you're just trading question marks for more question marks. 
and I'm not saying that we 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 need more depth in the farm system. We do not have a top 15 system right now. So the model that's been coming recently is spend at the major league level and develop through minor league talent. We've spent at the major league level to win now, and it still hasn't proven anything for us. So I think more of the the focus now should be expanding those, getting rid of the major league talent that we can afford to lose now to be better and take chances on younger players in the future. I don't know. I think you're. I think you're shoving it all away for one bad season. I think you're. Like, I don't think I'm shoving it away on all bad season. I just look at this lineup and I look at. I look at the team in general and the way that they're trying to run this team. It seems like we we've always said it. Like the team is bought. We need more depth. We need homegrown players because you can't buy a championship. The team's not bought team. though. Who is bought? Besides Lindor and Marte and Canna. Marte, Canna, Besides Lindor, Marte, and Canna. Scherzer. We're talking about the lineup. We're talking about the lineup. I'm talking about the team in general. We were just talking about the lineup. Besides Lindor, Canna, and Marte, everyone else is homegrown. And and what's so good? I mean, you okay, you bring up Lindor. What's so good about Lindor? He's hit 270 once. I didn't in the say anything was good about Lindor. You said that the team you was not homegrown. You lineup. said, okay. How is it a sustainable lineup when Mark Vientos, Brett Beatty are not even hitting over two? Mark Vientos is hitting under 200. Does. It's the, the rookies, does. You can't expect these guys to come up and be good all of a sudden. It takes development at the major league level. You don't just develop guys till AAA and then they get to the major leagues and you're like, okay, there you go. You have to, they have to develop at the major league level. Not everyone is going to come up and be Corbin Carroll. I understand that. So, so if you're, if you're expecting that a 22 year old can, can, can't do it, what, what do you expect a 40-year-old to do out there? What do you expect what do you expect with the Mets mentality of trying to buy veteran players who are creeping up old in age to go out there and do? Why why go old why go old when you can go young now? I mean, they bought Justin Verlander because he's he was the best pitcher in Major League Baseball. He won the Cy Young last year. So uh, you can talk about how old he is and everything. Like, I understand he's old, but he won the Cy Young Award last year. He was the best pitcher in baseball. So, yeah, say it, say it, say it. This year, oh, look at this year. I, we can have this argument again that we had at the beginning of the season. Tom Brady won the Super Bowl. Uh, like, and look uh, awful the next year. Okay, okay. I, I don't think I, it I, matters I, how you – I. I a, a I understand that, Chris. I understand that. But you can't expect to him to be like – you can't expect Billy Epler and Steve Cohen to be sitting there and being like, oh, this guy just won the Cy Young. He's going to suck ass next year because he got a year older. You can't expect that. You, they don't have time machine. They can't predict the future. And I didn't say they had to predict the future. I just don't understand why you wouldn't think it's a, it's a plausible idea for them to trade Verlander. I don't – I just think it's I, – I, I don't I, – I just don't understand it. It wouldn't make sense to me. I – at all if i came knocking on your door on the deadline and you were a contender and i said and i'd say i'd eat 60 percent of his contract today and you can have justin verlander for the next two years you would take that without even question depends what i have to give up 
if you thought your window was was small, I think you'd give up a lot. How many small window teams are out there that are playing good? I think I I I think I think in baseball in general, you can never think your window is too big. I don't think you can I, either, but I, I'm just look just looking at the teams that we think can win. Like Tampa is going to be good forever. Baltimore is going to be good forever. You never you you don't know that Tampa is going to be good forever. I think they think that. I, I don't think, think you're, I think you're I, putting I think, too much value on rentals. I I mean, but that's the way the game has trended in the past decade. Look what the Cubs did with Chapman. Look what the Dodgers did with Machado. Yeah. Look what the Mets did with Cespedes. Obviously, he signed back, but that was there was no guarantee that he was going to come back. I mean, there have been a lot of trade deadline moves in the past five to ten seasons that teams have essentially said, we're going for it now, we're not looking at future plans. And I think Justin Verlander could fall into a category of, we understand what the next year entails. I just, I think no nobody in their right mind is trading a $40 million pitcher, and nobody's taking that on. I just don't think so. Well, I, and that's why I said that the Mets would have to eat a good portion of the contract in order to move him. Uh, I, yeah, I know. I'm, I, like I said, I just don't think they would. Well, if there's one owner who would eat that contract, it would be Steve Cohen. Considering See, he's but, gotten but, rid of players off of his payroll already. Y- yes, but the, the model that you want of building the farm system is not Steve Cohen. He's not going mean, to build def- the farm system. He doesn't want to do that. He wants to spend his money in the World Series. I I don't I don't necessarily totally agree with that. He no he understands that we need to go young. He his whole plan the entire time was to build the 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 minor league system while spending at the major league level. He's done a and real good job of that. He no fucking shit. But why why would you not? If you had the opportunity to move somebody for prospects, and you can't say that it's blowing up the roster, we would have Justin Verlander for another eighteen months. That's it. I didn't. I don't think it's blowing up the roster. I just will repeat. I think it's a huge panic move. I don't think it's a panic move at all. I guess we just disagree then. I just don't. I just don't see how it's a panic move. If at the end of the day, the guy is, if at the end of the day, the roster isn't set to win, how is it a panic move? Because he's pitched for two months, three months. So, so, so let me ask you this. Does it make sense for the Mets to keep him on the roster if this team is, I mean, we're talking about a Mets team right now that's sniffing the bottom half of baseball, the bottom third of the league. Yep. Can't win can't do anything 12 and a half back in the in the division what is the incentive from from the front office to hold on to a 39 year old pitcher next year i don't think this i i don't think this team will be if this is the product if this team is the same product they put out next year it will be the exact same result 
I. It's unfortunate to say. I but know, but I'm just saying, like, guys, all we like, did... if you don't have guys like Nimmo and McNeil hitting 310, then it is impossible for to, to rely on Francisco Lindor and Pete Alonso because they've shown to be unreliable. I don't know. I guess I'm thinking all about last season. You're thinking all about this season. I don't looking back, I don't know how this this team won 100 games last year. But they did. I don't know how. I don't know how. How look at this roster up and down and tell me if it's a 100 win team. It's not. I don't I don't know. Daniel Vogelback. Eduardo Escobar. Like I said, the, 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 those are not guys to me. They're not on the team to me. Like that that's a buck problem to me. This is without a doubt could be could be one of the worst teams in baseball. I think it could be one of the worst teams in baseball. Carlos Carrasco? Are you kidding me? So you're five. He sure pitches like a five. Well, he is one. What I'm getting across is this team advertises themselves as as an 100-win team, as a team who should be competitive. If you're a competitive team, how can you how can you go out there and say Carlos Carrasco is a decent pitcher? Does he's the five? Look at the five on every other team in baseball. They all fucking suck. I you can't say that they all suck. They don't suck like they do not suck like like we suck. Okay. I mean the guy has a damn near seven ERA. That's sure. not even a major league pitcher. There, this guy would not be on any other rotation in the league right now. False. I mean, they could take him. But this guy is... He is bordering minor league right now. I... I'm, I'm, I'm honestly just done having this conversation. Neither of us are budging. I'm done. No more Mets. Let's keep it in that division, though. And and we're not talking about the Mets anymore, but let's keep it in that division. Kyle Schwarber has been on an absolute fucking tear recently. I feel like every time I go on my phone, he's hitting another home run. And and it is, it, it, it's incredible. It's what the Phillies really need right now. If they're going to do anything, they need Kyle Schwarber to lead them. They need Bryce Harper to lead them. They need Trey Turner to just get better. And... If this team sells Nola at the deadline, I don't know what that kind of effect is going to happen. What kind of – oh, my God. What's going to happen to that lineup? If they see their you know, their ace pitcher, they see Dave Dombrowski sell their ace pitcher. I don't know if they – you know, I feel like that sends a bad message to the lineup and being like, you know, we really don't have any faith in you guys to go out there and win anything, you know? Well, I think it's a little less of the lineup, and I think it's more of the way Nola's pitching and the, the situation behind – the uh, the whole contract negotiations. I mean, there there was a dispute between the the two parties to try to get a deal done preseason. Still has still has appeared to not 
be any negotiation moving forward. So if you're the Phillies, you have to make a decision. Do you think this guy is going to come back? Do you think it would be better just to move on from him? I don't, I don't really know what the Phillies are going to be doing, to be honest with you. I probably would have to imagine there'll be buyers because that just seems like what seems, they'll be doing. It seems Dombrowski-esque to just buy for no reason. I remember those days. Yeah, I I think, I mean, if we're going to be honest with you, like they should try to make a, a push for, for something. And maybe that something is Bieber. Because they get maybe maybe they flip maybe they trade Nola and flip him for a Bieber guy and maybe maybe they try to extend him in the offseason. He has a year of control, so you would get him for one more year, and maybe maybe you try to extend Bieber. I think that's that's honestly pretty interesting. I I, I hadn't even thought about the Phillies going in for Bieber, but I do think that you know th- this is the line. This is pretty much the same lineup that made it to the World Series last year, and they added Trey Turner. So like, obviously the lineup has not been what it should be, but it, the talent is there. Like the talent is there in the lineup. The struggle right now is really in the rotation. They're two top guys. You know, Zach Wheeler's not play, not pitching. Incre- he's pitching pretty good, but he's not doing absolutely everything to carry this rotation. And like you said, Noel has been pretty much abysmal this year. So. I think for a move for a pitcher would be really smart if you're Philadelphia. A veteran guy like Shane Bieber, who has been there before, is someone who would be great to bring in. And like you said, could be a great extension candidate because we all know he's not getting extended in Cleveland. I don't know. I, I think it'd be very dombrowski e to go out and make a move like that. Uh, he, he's a very volatile general manager. If you piss him off, you're gone. And he'll go out and he'll spend anyone's money. He doesn't give a fuck. So it's going to be interesting when it comes down to the you know the nitty gritty with the Phillies. We'll see within the next month if they're still in it, if they're still hovering around five hundred, if they're still only a couple games out of the wild card. Come deadline time, I wouldn't be surprised if Dombrowski went out there and made a big move. Yeah, not at all. Seems very Dombrowski like. Yeah. So we're talking about Aaron Nola and and. To go along with Aaron Nola, I was looking at the list today of some of the worst ERAs in baseball. This for qualified pitchers, so I think it's sixty-five innings or something like that. And there are some names on there that that you really would not believe. The third worst qualified ERA right now is the man himself, Sandy Alcantara, and I, it doesn't make any sense at all. The guy was lights out last year. He literally looked like the second coming of Christ on the mound last year. And this year, it's just been abysmal. It's been bad pitching. He's getting smacked around. Last year, what he did best was keep the ball on the ground all the time. The ball was on the ground, and it's just not happening this year. For a Marlins team that's playing so well right now, you would think that Sandy was having another Cy Young season and that he was leading the league in ERA and probably war and wins and innings, but he's not. And this Marlins team is what three and a half back out of uh, from Atlanta, five back from Atlanta, but they, let's see, they hold the first wild card spot, the Miami yeah. Marlins at 41 and 31 and Sandy's pitching like shit. So I feel like it's just like a props to the, to the Marlins, but if he gets you going, are the Marlins going to be like, 
nice. Yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting take. Uh, Miami is ten games over five hundred, which is crazy. I did not see this coming. Um, they might be buyers at the deadline, and I'm not gonna say they're gonna go make a huge splash, but like, why not get a little better at the deadline to see what happens? They definitely could they, use a bat. They could use a bat. They could probably use another arm. They really need Alcantara to return back to Cy Young form because if he comes back to Cy Young form, it will be really, really interesting to see what this team could do. Absolutely, especially because th- th- their other pitchers have been pitching so well. You know, Lazardo's yeah, been, been pitching great. Yuri Perez, when he came up, he's been pitching great. But Alcantara is just not getting there. And I don't really know what it is to be honest with you. It's it, it's so weird. It doesn't make any sense. Like, this is a guy who last year I literally watched and was like, I'm watching the greatest pitcher I've ever seen. And he just seems to have lost it. Yeah. It it, it doesn't make any sense that this happens, but who knows? I, I don't know. I hope he can get it back. I think he will. I think he's just – I think he's that good. I think he's good enough too, but there's there mu- there has to be a mechanical change or something that this guy's got to figure out. Yeah, a four nine seven is not going to cut it for the ace of the rotation. And a two and five clip with um, a two, a, 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 a god being two and five when your team is ten, ten games over five hundred, just means you're just not pitching well. You're just not pitching in you. You, I just don't understand how a, a pitcher of his caliber can't even scrape five hundred in it's- in games. That is, it's like. He and is he's not top ten in innings. He he he's is not giving his team any chance to win. Absolutely not. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know how it's happening, and I just don't know how the Marlins just just can't stop winning. They are uh, they're a good team, and Luis Arias is re- leading that charge of just hitting the cover off the baseball. Yeah, he's just he's unbelievable. It doesn't make any sense. But yeah, I was looking at the ERA list too, and th- there's just so many names on here. Like Sandy was is the third worst. Um, here we, you Darvish is the sixth worst. Nola is the seventh worst. Uh, Miles Michaelis fifteen. Gilbert sixteen. Dylan C seventeen. Like these are great pitchers that we've seen go out and have great seasons, and this year it's just not it. And I don't know. I feel like we've been seeing I, – I feel like pitching has been down this year in general. Uh, I mean, you could you could say it's because of the rule change. You could say it's because of a lot of things. I would say it's probably because of the rule change. Pitchers have to work faster. I, I, I personally thought we'd see pitchers get more tired. I thought we'd see a lot more pitchers get taken out after, you know, 75, 80 pitches. But, you know, I've seen a lot of guys go very deep into games. We've seen complete games this year. We've seen 110-plus pitches this year. So that's really not it. I don't know what it is that pitching just seems down and guys that have proven to be great pitchers in their career have, are just don't have it this year. Yeah, they, I don't know what it is. And I think maybe some of it has to do with the pitch clock. I mean, we saw how like the pitch clock affected guys like Manoa just hasn't been able to turn it on since the pitch clock came into play. So maybe that has to be a determining factor. I, I, I feel like it has to be. It has to be a mixture of the pitch clock and 
you know, we knew that guys like guys like Sandy were going to regress a little bit this year because of the rule change, because he was such a ground ball heavy guy. Getting rid of the shift does not help him at all. So we knew the ERA was going to get worse. He was going to get a little bit worse, but we didn't expect this. I definitely think the rules are coming into play with some of these guys, you know, especially, like I said, these ground ball pitchers who can't just can't sit there and throw change-ups and sliders outside and low and out and get these ground ball double plays into the shift all the time. It's just not happening as much. So I don't know. I don't know. Will we see a no-hitter this year? I said that preseason. I said it, I bet you it's going to be harder to throw no hitters, and we might we we may never see a perfect game again. Imagine, imagine we never see one again. Well, when's the last time we saw one? Like twenty twelve, Matt Cain. Uh, no, Felix. Mm, probably Felix, it was one of those was, two. I think Felix was twenty fourteen. I. I just really hope that this doesn't affect baseball to that capacity because, you know, that's some of the, the best parts of baseball is seeing a guy go out there and deal for nine innings and completely shut a team down. But if you're going to rush a pitcher to the point where he can't be methodical about his pitches, it really ruins the momentum of the game. It does sometimes. It's it's the baseball purists and people like us who actually enjoy watching someone dominate a team on the mound. It's just the casual fan wants to see home runs. The casual fan wants a games seven to five, eight to ten, shit like that. And I did just look it up. By the way, it was Felix twenty twelve. Actually, I got the year wrong, but Felix was the last one we saw. So uh, we haven't seen a perfect game in eleven years. I think that's I don't a, think we'll see one anytime soon. I don't either. I think that's just a testament to how fucking good the hitting is. And you haven't seen a perfect game because yeah, we've had plenty of no hitters. But the odds that a guy doesn't walk someone, pitches 9 innings with no walks and no hits is so rare because even if they are getting no hit no hitters, they're probably walking three or four guys because they're trying to be so precise around the plate. We very well could not not see a perfect game for quite a while, and I'd be surprised if we saw a no hitter this year. Yeah, I just it's I think the game is different with the pitch clock. I don't think pitchers are really. Um, I, I I it's just I don't I don't know. Like no one has gotten past the eighth. I think. No, we've had like two complete games. Two complete games. No, I mean, I mean with a no-no. Oh yeah, yeah. Not Pat. I think, I think Hendricks went to the seventh or eighth. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Hendricks went to went into the eighth. So yeah, you're right. Nobody's got pretty much got past seven. So it's it's going to be really tough. It's going to be really tough. I think it's going to be a lot harder than a lot of people think, and. Uh, I really think baseball might have uh, might have a an issue on their hands where uh, there's a lack of dominant pitching, and I know they don't necessarily want dominant pitching; they want more offense. But maybe the best solution is to put tweak the pitch clock a little bit. I don't know. I don't know either, but I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, I think I think pitchers will eventually adjust. I think the pitch clock pitch, uh, pitch clock will also get tweaked. Uh, but but we'll definitely see what happens. 
the um the last thing I wanted to talk about is the beloved All Star Game. The All Star Game voting has been open for a couple weeks now, and we've seen some. So we've seen how the voting's been going, how people are voting, which way. And the the one big question that I wanted to ask you, and it's actually a question I saw on Twitter. Do you think that the All Stars that make the All Star team should be the players, the best players at each position, or should they be the best players on the best teams? Um, that's a that's a tough question. I think, I think it should still be best players. I think it should just be. I I don't think it should be best players on best teams. I agree with you. Um, but I I think the All Star Game needs to be. Uh, it needs to be changed. I'm not a big fan of it. There's just, I understand it's just like it's been a tradition thing, but it, there's not a lot that draws people to the game these days. I think they need to make it more enticing for people to watch because it it just is kind of just a three hour marketing campaign for baseball, which no one really tunes into. You kind of flip it on and then flip it off. Yeah, I it, it's. It's def. I mean, I, first of all, I agree with you. I think it should be the best players at each position. And it doesn't. And, it, and not to interrupt you, but it doesn't matter anymore in terms of home field advantage of the World Series, which is a really stupid thing to do. I don't know why they ever did that, but it's so weird that they did it, and it was like so stupid. But I kind of liked it because they kind of cared then. What if they did something like? And again, I'm going to go super crazy for this one. What if they did something like really wacky? with the all-star game where it's like sometimes like at a certain at bat, like a home run could count for two runs if there's no one on base. Like what if they throw weird rules in? I I mean, I think it could make the game a lot more fun. It could make more people want to watch. I I think it, I I don't know. I I just think the game right now is just like a dull, boring baseball game sometimes. It really is. And it can be really boring because they they, they change pitchers every, you know, every inning they're changing pitchers. Batters are only getting one at bat or two at most. Wonder if they're going to keep the pitch clock for the all-star game. Probably just to keep it moving. Yeah, probably. And also I feel like it would fuck with a lot of the, a lot of the pitchers probably, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think I think definitely that we, a good thing. I'm happy that we both agree that it should be it should be the players at the position who are having the best year. That's it. I don't want to see five Rays and five fucking Rangers on the. T- I don't care. I don't care. I want to see the best players at each position who are having the best year. That's what's fair. That's what it should be. If Isaac also, Paredes is starting yeah. at third base for the American League, I'm gonna blow my head off. Yeah, I don't think it. I think the fan vote is really stupid. To be honest with you, I Agreed. just think it's. I think it's just. It's just a popularity contest. At that it should rate. be. It should be writers, not. It should be writers. Yeah, not. It fans. should be writers. It should be. I think it should be half writers, half uh, player vote. Player, yeah, player or manager, something like that. It's like, I think I understand what they do for the fan vote because it's like the whole point of the all-star game is to make a shit ton of money. And obviously they're going to, the people who give the money are the fans and they want to please the fans and the fan, like whatever. Toronto has a whole fucking country. (laughs) All of Canada votes for the Toronto blue Jays. 
So obviously a shit ton of them are going to make it. Like it, there's too many flaws in the fan vote. Like Mike Trout is going to make it every year. Yes. Do I think Mike Trout should make it? Absolutely. Do I think he should be a starter? Probably not. He probably shouldn't be. He probably, he probably will be a starter because Judge and Alvarez are hurt. That's the only reason. They also need to do something about the home run derby too. I think they should go back to outs. Uh, well, I I think that that just is not going to work for television anymore. I oh, think me for neither. Like the average viewer, it just wouldn't work. But I think they need to do something with the home run derby to make it a little more fun because it just it does kind of drag on for a while. It does. I I don't know. The whole MLB All-Star Weekend I always claimed was the best of all of them because obviously the fucking Pro Bowl is terrible. Nobody cares about the NBA All-Star Game because it's just dunks. And like the MLB All-Star Game I always liked because it was like it's fun because you can't relax in baseball. You can't – pitchers are going to throw 95-97 because that's just how hard they throw. And – Hitters are going to hit the ball 500 feet because that's just how far they hit it. And like I, I think, like in football, obviously they don't hit ever. Basketball, they don't play defense. But in baseball, you have to play the game how it's meant to be played, or else you're just not playing baseball. They might as well play slow pitch softball. So that's the one thing I like about it. Now that would be fun. <sighs> I think it would be fun too. I think they should do it. What if on Saturday, like when they did the home run derby, they did like a slow pitch softball tournament? They do the stupid celebrity one, but who cares? They also invite the they invite the worst. None of them are celebrities. They just invite people who are have famous social media followings. Like that's not who cares. Yep. Like the celebrity the celebrity softball game is so dumb. I think if they did. A player, a player softball game. I think it would be a lot of fun, mm-hmm. and I think I so. I think a lot of the guys would be down to do it. Totally agree. But you know, we'll see what happens when All Star the All Star Weekend comes around. I mean, right now it's looking like we're going to get a lot of rays. We're going to get quite a few rangers we're gonna get the fucking dodger we're gonna get the same shit we get every fucking year and it's annoying but we're i'm still probably gonna watch and i'm probably gonna enjoy it but whatever um does do you wanna like in a couple weeks do you wanna like pick our own all-star team like what we think it should be before it comes out yeah sure that's a good idea we should do that but 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 first let's do some picks you want to do some picks let's do some picks by Riverside. All right, we got picks for Tuesday, June 20th. Um, you know, I'll get us started because I got my pick right here. And I'm sorry, Daz. I'm going to go with the Houston Astros tomorrow night against the New York Mets. Framber Valdez on the mound against Justin Verlander. The game is in Houston. We talked about it a bunch. The Mets freaking stink. And, you know, Framber on the mound. The Astros 
tend to win, and he tends to give them a very good chance to win. So I'm going to take the Astros tomorrow night. I'm taking the Orioles over the Tampa Bay Rays tomorrow night. The Orioles are plus 143. Uh, I don't think people are giving the Orioles enough credit. I think the Rays are good, but I think the Rays are also beatable occasionally. So I like the Orioles tomorrow night. They have Bradish on the mound, who's been good this year. So Love it. Love the underdog, the underdog picks. I like that pick. Uh, I'm going to go Orioles raise over eight. We're back on track with Orioles overs. We hit Orioles Blue Jays over eight and a half last week. We're going to keep riding it out. You have to. It's it's your thing now. It's yeah. I mean, I'm, I may just bet it every. I should have just that and then a different pick. Okay, you would definitely be up money if you bet it all year. Oh, I'd be up a lot of money. Yeah, but I'm an idiot and didn't bet one time so. Just so everybody out there knows, if you bet all of our picks right now, you would be up money. Me and Jake are at 50%. Daz at 65%. We're just incredible. Look at us go. Also, if anybody out there is keeping track, me and Jake are now tied for the lead for ESPN Sunday Night Baseball picks with the Red Sox winning against the Yankees last night. So... It's going to get interesting. In two weeks, we are at the exact halfway point of the Sunday Night Baseball picks. At that point, we will narrow down our punishments. We'll cut them in half, and we'll see what Dawes eventually has to do because it's totally going to be him. Yeah, it's definitely going to be me. It's a 100% going to be you because nothing is ever good. I fucking hate everything. <laughs> All right, let's do some roulette. All right, numbers for roulette. 17. 22. I'm such an idiot. Let's go. Fuck. All right. I am going to go with uh, 35. Good pick. Good pick. I like that. I don't think I know anyone's ever picked 35. I know. That's why I picked it. I just saw it at the end of the board and said, I'm going to pick this one. All right. So we are spinning. We're spinning. Oh, 36. Fuck. No, I picked 36 last time. Fuck. If Zach would have picked 22, 22, I probably would have picked 36. No. I'm so happy I didn't pick 22 then. Suck it, Jake. That's what you get for living in Colorado. If anybody wants to go find where Jake's apartment is, it's near Coors Field. Just scream Jake and he'll find you. Yep. I probably will hear you. (laughs) I can hear everything. Also, shout shout out Matt Harvey. What now, did he do? Uh, oh, you didn't hear? He's no. a realtor now. Oh, is he? Yeah. I feel like a lot of his career at powerhouse players. NYC real estate firm. Wait, so I think he's I think he's selling high end. Um, did he? I think he's run out of money. Matt Harvey. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Did you not see? I mean, he was like he was trying to be like fucking. I don't think the lifestyle ever slowed down after like, remember how he was out and about everywhere in the city, Yeah, but he made he millions. The mess? Well, all right, let's look up Matt Harvey career and earnings. I'm going to say 72 million. 40 31 million. 
just off of con- just just off of contract alone. So that doesn't include endorsements. But if he's getting paid thirty one, can get a big over, deal from the Mets. No, dude, he tore his. You got to remember, Harvey. Oh, came up, yep, 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 yep. Harvey, as soon as he he had that one, he had the twenty the twenty thirteen year when we had the All Star game at City Field. Mm-hmm. He was great up until. August of that year, and he had Tommy John, was out all of 2014, came back in 15, World Series, was was a very solid pitcher, 3-5 around there, and then 16 was awful. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. So his, his like, Matt Harvey had about a season and a half of good stuff. Poor guy. Dark Knight. Yep. <sighs> that was our guy. That's your literally, guy. literally fucking our guy. That's a your season guy. and a half good. That's your guy. All right, I think that's gonna do it, right? Yeah. Anything else? Anybody got anything else? Jake. Final words from Jake. Thanks for watching, everybody. Yeah, thanks everybody for watching. We'll see you on Friday for another great episode of the talk off. We love all of you. Please come back Friday. Goodbye. <laughs>